America's public enemy number one in the United States yeah. is drug abuse. Go, go. Seizures of illegal drugs. Shortages of marijuana are now being reported. A dirty war has erupted. Sanctioned by the Philippines' new president. His orders for his people and his police. Kill them. Yeah. What the hell? Welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Daily Addict. This is the interview we had with our guest, Claudia Mirandi. Part two. Enjoy. An author. I'm a fitness competitor. I'm a court reporter, and I take pain medication. So you're That's saying that all pain pills, all pain patients don't look like addicts. I mean, they're That's not right. all. They you don't know, all. Think we don't have teeth. Yeah, they and, all have teeth. You know, we all tattoos and no teeth, and they, you know, they're home all day and they smoke and they're in bed and they're this. But that's not the case because I advocate, you know what I, you know what I used to do? I used to advocate all the time. I used to show up in hospitals and advocate. I don't really feel, um, I don't do it over the phone as much as I used to, but the Crohn community, they'll always get what they need from me because I've been in that hot, you know, right. I lived in a hospital. So I always say, I tell people, if you're a legitimate Crohn's patient, I'll get on the phone. I'll advocate for you. I want to say, yeah, I'm effective most of the time. You know, sometimes you just have to coax the doctor because those patients aren't there for a long time. They they should be taken out of pain when they're there. So I do that. Um, and I'll go in person, hospitals, nursing homes, whatever. And doctors actually like when I'm there because I keep the calm. You know, I'm there to make sure there's calm in the atmosphere so no one's going to kill each other. And I try and speak with the doctor. But sometimes I get bamboozled. Sometimes I end up at, you know, there's addicts. And I, I didn't know they were addicts. Right. And, um, yeah, I, wanna, I make mistakes. And not all my ideas are good ideas. So, and I always put that out there. I always preface and say, look, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I get ideas. I roll with them. But I know one thing. What's happening is wrong. And if it wasn't, I wouldn't still be here. Um, I don't like to see bad things happen to good people. I don't like to see people get hurt. I don't like to see bullying. I don't like any of that shit. Um, and I, I was raised that way. Well, you know, you're either like that or you're not. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, um, there's a lot of bad shit that's happening, but I promise if, I don't know who's listening to this, but I tell every interview I do, we're going to win. We will prevail. I say it all the time. We're going to get lawyers. We're going to get lobbyists. We're going to sue. And we're gonna, I want to get these people compensation. And I'm going to get innocent doctors out of prison. And I'm going to go after every lawmaker that ever passed a draconian law. And I'm going to sue you. And I'm going to take your cute little dog with me when I'm done. <laughs> And I'm going to take everything away from you that you've taken away from people with pain. And I'm not going to stop until I hit bone yeah. because that's the type of person I am because you knew what you See, did feisty. was wrong. I, yes. I oh, knew it. Feisty. Oh, I knew it. I knew no, it. It's that's... Not feisty. You know what it is? It's like, you know, I mean, the CDC knowingly created guidelines 
knowing they were going to murder people. Yeah. And that's exactly why they did it. They just didn't count on people fighting back. We're fighting back and we're going to win. That's why I tell doctors. It's their job security. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is where everybody's been tackling this the wrong way. There's one way to tackle this and that's how you get the doctor's protection because if there's no doctors prescribing, pain patients have no chance. Tylenol. So that works for everything, but they're just, they're just perpetuating the, the drug war for the illicit drug market. And some, some of the issue, even when you go back and look at what they've been doing from that aspect for so long, what the lawmakers have done, even if you go all the way back to prohibition, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's all, it's really about a quality of life. Okay. And, and, and somebody can't measure my pain that I have internally or, or not, or physically. So if I want to choose a quality of life that I can maintain and be a productive member of society and, and, and not be, you know, uh, just a, a drain or, or, or a bad person that does, you know, stuff, you know, steals from people or any of these other crimes or, or any violence, what's the fucking problem with that? And a lot of it yeah. goes back to like these Puritan roots. If you go back and even look at prohibition all the way up until now, it's these no, you know, these people that are do gooders, you know, the people mm-hmm. that, you know, they don't do nothing wrong. You know, they don't, they, they might drink caught. They might have some whiskey for, you know, after dinner, you know, drink a half a bottle of whiskey and smoke a cigar, but that's okay. But, but yeah. anybody else that chooses to do anything else, whether it's a little toke of a joint or maybe it's a half of a Norco or whatever the fuck it yeah. is, I, I don't judge anybody. Then what yeah. the fuck is the problem? And usually it's this, it's this attitude that, you know, I am, I am holier than you and I'm going to tell you how to fucking live. And that's, doing it. yeah, they did it. Yeah. And they put everybody, you know, they said, well, um, everybody across the board, nobody can be on 60 morphine equivalent or a great or more a day 60 i've got people with no limbs i i advocated for a lady dawn anderson out of indiana right and i called the senator's office and we were on a call three of us and i was getting mad i was getting so mad dawn was a nurse and her diabetic neuropathy got so bad she she had to amputate her life and um just said I, I just you know she was on 400 morphine equivalents a day so like to a normal person that's not sick like one percocet they would probably be vomiting right yeah and like oh my god it made me feel so blah, blah. okay well multiply so john was probably on the equivalent of mm, let's see how could i break this down so a lay person would understand it say 60 of those a day but Holy in a shit. different type of medication. Yes. Right? Yeah, same effect. So when you have legs, so, so you think a lot of pain when you don't have legs. Even though you don't have legs, your legs think, your body thinks you still do. Mm-hmm. But many, there's millions of people that have been on high doses. And that's why we had pain management centers for years. Um, but they eliminated pain as the fifth vital sign. So it's no longer recognized. Nobody's to have pain anymore. That's it. You can't have pain. Suck it up. So Dawn, I was screaming at the senator's aide. I probably sound like a nut. And I said, "This, you know, this is unfucking believable. This woman's going to die. Well, guess what? She died. Dawn mm-hmm. died. 
and uh, shortly there, Carla Whitmore from Tennessee, she died. She was from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and her husband was desperate. He's like, I can't get my wife's script filled. He's like, my, I love my wife so much, and we've been married 30-something years. And I said, oh, my God, it, it broke my heart. And usually I don't like stories to break my heart, but I said, fuck me. I got on the phone. I went on a Twitter war, right? I said, I'm going for Walgreens until there's nothing left. I called the pharmacist, and I said, sweetheart, you got to fill the script. I'm her advocate. She said, well, I don't feel comfortable talking about this with you. I said, I don't give a shit. I'm her advocate. The law says you've got to speak with me. I said, fill her script. you got till 5 o'clock. She's like, my belief system tells me, no, I'm not filling it. My belief system. I said, well, my belief system doesn't like obese people who eat chocolate ice cream. But that Walgreens is still selling chocolate ice cream. Fill the script by five o'clock. They wouldn't do it. No problem. Went on Twitter, took my whole Twitter following with me, right? And I went for Walgreens on their Twitter team. And then I called headquarters and I wouldn't stop and get, so Carla calls me. She's like, I don't know what you did. I got my script filled and they nice. apologize. I was like, well, whatever. I was like, girl, so good, Carla. I was like drained, right? It took Fucking took down the took down your Walgreens. Yeah, that's that's a great story. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm taking you down when yeah. I when I come for you for me. And I always tell people, look, the only time you want me involved, and the only time I should know your name, even in my organization, is if you do something really good or really bad. Other than that, I can't keep track of thousands of people it's hard right but carl's story resonated because her husband's love for her and um she kept telling me i'm i know i'm having heart attacks and she died four weeks after she died and i said oh my god and carla was on four maybe 300 or more morphine equivalents and they cut her right down to 90 and people regularly have heart attacks when they're in pain And that's what happens. She had a heart attack and she died. And no one's dying in vain. So now people need to be held accountable. And the CDC and the DEA and the pharmacies and the insurance companies, they're all going to be listed as defendants on a notice. And they all have to be held accountable. Because when you do something wrong, you have to pay for the crime. And how much money was Carla's life worth? How much money... What's the price tag on John Anderson's life? There's no price tag. No. Nope. But you're going to pay a lot of money. So that's how I roll. There's a lot <laughs> of there's a lot of um stories I I follow we follow a lot of stories. Basically, you know, we we look up the the current stories of the day and we cover um whatever's changing in the drug laws and things like that just because of our views like the WHO just came out um, the World Health Organization and said that they they were mistaken oh, on they were mistaken on cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. And they've they've been mistaken for decades and they're gonna reschedule right. it. And now it, now that the world and I think this I think with the pain management and what you're doing, I think it's gonna it's gonna go the same way. I think it's gonna get to the point where it's you know, you, you got so much proof that your policies are are wrong. Um that you, ju- you just come yeah. to your set you just come to your senses, you know. Yeah, but, you know, and it's not, and I'm, I'm like, no, no, oh, you know what? I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, this girl, April Grove, she's terminal, meaning she's going to die. There's no cure, right? Metastatic breast cancer. She couldn't get her script filled. 
She made a video that went viral. She's probably up to 400,000 people seeing it. And I called her on the phone, and she's so lovely. And I did a Facebook live feed, and I brought her in. And um, they sold her script, but she's been getting her balls busted for two years. And she lost her hair, and her pharmacist, you know, he's like, no. You know, she was getting, like, a very small amount of pain pills. Got a good job. And I spoke with her, brought her in my life feed. I had her on my show. And the I think the vice president called and apologized. I said, April, I said, is, is an apology enough? And she says, you know, Claudia, I don't think so. I said, I don't think so either. Let's get you a lawyer. So that's that we're in the process. You know, it's going to stop. But I, you know what the DEA does in the southern states? They go into Rite Aid. They lock the door. They get all the customers out. And they they hold everybody in the back and they do an audit and they terrorize the pharmacist. But then you've got some pharmacists that are just assholes and they're playing God. And you've got a lot of doctors like that too. You know, like I'm, you know, so there's bad in everything. Don't get me wrong. Not all my doctors are good doctors. They're not all innocent um, because it's just, there's always bad apples and everything. There's yeah. bad apples and apples. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's, it's not, not like it's I not, think, it's um, not like you have this rosy picture that, that, that every, no. you know, you're obviously very close to this in the fact that you recognize there's addicts, you recognize there's bad doctors, there's good lawmakers, there's bad lawmakers, and there's things of that nature. But what's happening to the, to the truly sick people is the real travesty that's happening here. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's the major thing. And I, and, and overall, I mean, it affects everybody. It affects there's a great cost to it. There's a lot of money behind it. I wanted to ask you, I I got a story that, um, about Homeland security, uh, the U S department of Homeland security, they want to designate, um, fentanyl as a weapon Mm -hmm. of mass destruction. And, and they said it's it's a, it's a hundred, a hundred times stronger than heroin. Um, 18,000 people in the U S overdosed on it. I think the number is higher than that because it's undiagnosed. I think people, you know, just as we pointed right. out earlier and they say in that it could, it could give them greater, greater, like, you know, if, if they, if they classified it as that, they would have more surveillance freedom and stuff like that to make the bus on the, on the fentanyl, uh, you know, production because it's synthetic. So they have to make it somewhere. Um, mostly sure. in China or whatever, and I'm not sure if they would go after China. But because you could ship fentanyl in through the mail. Yeah, you can. Oh, it's the it's the just a small amount, just a just a, a DVD case full of it uh, is is you know is thousands of doses. Yeah, it's not the lion's share of overdoses in the country had carfentanil, fentanyl, illicit fentanyl in their system. Yeah, and that's what. And, you know, that was never spoken in the media. But now we know the, you know, we know what people were overdosing from and they're still overdosing. And people are like, oh, no, overdosing is down because of, you know, because there's a reduction in prescription. No, it isn't, you asshole. Overdosing is down because Narcan's being sold in vending machines. That's why everybody's right. carrying Narcan with them. Duh. Right. That's not right. You know, the media, I mean, I, I just tweeted, you can't live with them, you can't live without them. Media brings me people by, you know, by the droves. So you need the media. But, oh, they're so disgusting, vile, lying, 
stacks of shit. And you got to say, but, you know, now that I'm in the game, well, who owns the station? Trent, who owns the station? And there you go. That's your agenda. Because the, every media, you know, like I've got reporters that don't want to cover the rallies, and I shame them. I'm like, look, even if you don't believe in the cause, to not cover this is wrong. Because one day, you're going to need me to advocate for you because your mom is going to get cancer, and she's not going to get what she needs. And then you're going to, then you need me. So you've got, this, that's my problem with media is this has been happening for what, how many years, right? Hundreds of years, you know, your newspapers and oh, I just propaganda, media. the propaganda. propaganda and a lot yeah, of them are businesses. So they, a lot, a lot of them, you know, when we look on the internet, a lot of times it's clickbait and a lot of times, um, when, when they do stories, um, it's very, especially when they cover drugs, when they cover like drug busts and overdoses and even things where it's um maybe they busted a cartel. They made a million fake um, um, Percocets or whatever, whatever the pill is. They own it's only it goes just like this. There was a drug bust. It was this many drugs. It was for this much money. This is who yeah. it, it's never. These no, they, they, they don't put any opioids. they don't put any time into yeah. covering any any other aspect of it other than that, and so you have yeah. these thousands and thousands and thousands of drug bust stories and drug dealing stories and drug usage stories. They don't they don't really paint a real picture of what's going on a, at all. They're just report. It's almost like it's propaganda to keep it going is what it is. And uh, yeah. we, we kind of laugh at some of that stuff when we cover it because it's like, who well, gets paid to write this stupid fucking story? It's a paragraph, you know? Well, who- you know what it is? They're lazy. A lot of journalists have gotten lazy, I know, because they're like, oh, well, can you email me? I'm like, oh, let me just write the piece for you. How about <laughs> yeah, that? I know. And I do it. I, I regularly, regularly write people's piece for them because they're lazy. You know, they're busy. They're lazy. They've got deadlines. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, your newspaper's four pages long. I know the Providence Journal where I live, it's, it's four pages. Yeah. Five pages. But my 83-year-old mother, you know, that's like the Bible to her. So. Yeah. But I never knew, um, that's another word that's in my life constantly. You know, we say propaganda, but we put P-R-O-P because prop is the organization that's the driving force behind the opioid hysteria. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one point I want to say, and people think I have this, crazy conspiracy theory. I don't think the government wants to stop the fentanyl from coming in. You see, if you stop the fentanyl from coming in, you're going to stop the overdoses. And if you stop the overdoses, you're not going to have anywhere to put your addicts. Well, you need, you got to put your addicts somewhere because our government invested $25 billion into addiction facilities throughout the country. Those suboxone facilities, you're given one drug, suboxone. It, you've got to, they've got to recoup their money, state. Rhode Island has to recoup their propaganda money, as I call it. I don't think the government wants to stop the fentanyl from coming in. They need a certain amount of drugs to come into this country to continuously fuel this drug war. Yep. And that's just, you know, it's just an opinion. And I have, when I tell you, I am the dumbest person politically 
um, geographically and historically, you know, my 14 year old's like, mom, did you go to school? No, <laughs> really. Um, really, I really. Know, a I, lot of times, a lot of times school, school will really dumb you down though. It'll teach you a certain way to think about shit, you know? And then, uh, um, and I, but I don't know, you know, when people talk about the drug war, I don't even know what they're saying. Okay. When I talk with doctors, I'm like, I, I don't, you just, I said, I didn't understand what you said from 120 until 123. And a doctor's like, what do you mean? I was like, <laughs> if you can't relate to me, then yeah. you're not going to be able to relate to a jury. And if you don't relate <laughs> to your jury, you're going to prison. So I try to, um, but now that I do research about the drug war, yeah. I really believe they it, don't want. It ties together. Have you, have you, all right, that's a good point. And you're in your theory. I think your theory is spot on. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a story uh, about Ricky Ross, the, the crack dealer from LA wow. back in the eighties? Yeah. Rick yeah, Ross. That's a wild God, yeah. yeah so, so yeah. So the, uh, that there was the whole Olive, Oliver North feeding. They were feeding the Contras with money, and they were getting it because the CIA was actually shipping cocaine into this country to oh, yeah. supply the crack epidemic, which funded yeah. the Contras. So your theory yeah. is spot on. I mean, because they've done it before. There's no they use the drug war um, just like you know they play it like a fiddle. They use it on one end to control. They use it on the yeah. other end to get the funding and, and whatever they need done. And I don't think they mind that people, um, you know, when Nixon, de- when Nixon declared the, the war on drugs. Yeah. Um, that was, that was to attack the hippies and, and uh, the minorities. I mean, that was, a, that was, yeah. that was openly said in, in the Nixon and yeah. his recordings. Um, so there's definitely yeah. always an agenda behind trying to control mm-hmm. what people put in their body. You know, there's always something. Oh, God, yeah. It, you know, that's why I'm, you know, I'll bust balls. I was like, oh, my God, did you hear about the FDA? They mandated there's a recall of butter. There's no more butter being sold. Pulled all the butter off the shelves because, um, you know, it's too expensive to pay for diabetes medication. Well, there's no difference because they're going, they're already going after diabetic medication. They're right. going after gabapentin. Um they want to control it. It's going to, they're going after that. They're going after, um, well, they already have Imodium, Imodium, the anti-diarrhea <laughs> over-the-counter medication. They, they put that in its own class. But, you know, I don't know about our country. Sometimes I, I so I, you know, look, I know what I, I know how much fight I have in me and, what I can tackle, and there's some things I'll never be able to tackle, and there's just things I have to accept in life. Um, I, I I know what the feds are capable of doing. Um, I put nothing past them, and I tell the doctors the same thing. And, and this is where we are. So I can't control any of that. However, I can control how... I'm going to react to the problem that the government has caused me and about 50 million other people. Mm-hmm. And we're fighting back and we're going to win. And it's, uh, it's just, you know, we need lobbyists. We need lawyers. We need a lot of money. And every, you know, a lot of journalists, I run into some really cool people and they're be silent. They're like, you know what you need, Claudia? You need about, I said, yeah, I need $10 million. 
She's like, yeah, you need a rich person to fund this. I was like, I'm going to find them. Yeah. Because it's not only a sick person's issue. It's an every person's issue now because everybody gets old. Everybody has pain and everybody gets sick. So it's just, um, you know, it's like, I don't know. I like just, it's so unfortunate. The government wants to control every, you know, do they want to control the way we think? Pretty much. Because they're pushing, you know, they push the antidepressants, right? Nobody, how come nobody's calling interference on antidepressants? That's a you that's know, a never- huge thing. That's a huge thing. I I myself, I went to I went to one, I went to one, uh, I guess it was psychiatrist one time and had a half an hour, you know, had a half an hour sit down, and it was because I had some anxiety, I had some things going on. But I walked out of there with, with, with three prescriptions and the one antidepressant or whatever. I started doing research on it. Um, I, I didn't want I didn't want to risk it for myself. I found another way to do it. I found another yeah. way to handle it. But you're exactly right. There's we, we found some of the things like the Adderall um, and then some of the things like some of the antidepressant medications, too. It seems like yeah. there, there's a lot of antidepressants uh, out there. And I don't know if that. I don't know really what the motivation. It, it, we just have a lot of people, obviously, that aren't happy, and we have a lot. Of, we well, have a lot of sickness in our in, in our society. You know. Yeah, I mean, if we're such a healthy, if our country is healthier than it's ever been, have you ever been in a line at CVS at the drive-through? Oh yeah. The pharmacy. Yeah. I mean, when you go to a psychiatrist, they'll never say, "Oh, we can't up your dose." Right. But if you go to a pain management doctor, like, "Oh no, forget it." If that's not working for you, we're just going to take you off, huh? Yeah, I ex- Wait, uh, you know I experienced yeah. that. My, my wife had surgery, and she had surgery and was released. And, and the doctor said, "Hey, this is the the pharmacy. This is this is the pain medication we're going to prescribe her." So when we left the hospital, we went right there to get it, and they said, "Well, it never got. We never got a call. You know, we never got a called in." And we're like, "Okay." They said, "Well, give us about twenty minutes." So about, I came home, about 20 minutes went by, the doctor called, said, hey, how's she doing? I said, it's great, but you guys never called in the script for the painkillers. You know, she's, you know, starting to throb, you know, and she goes, okay, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. So I wait an hour, I go back and they're like, no, there's nothing here. So I'm confused and I'm looking at the lady. I'm like, I call my wife. I said, something's not going on. Something's fucked up here. So I get home and my wife, she's a pharmacy tech before so she's she's like well they wrote a script it's right here attached to the fucking uh paperwork and i'm like oh okay she go because they can't call it in you have to have a script you can't call it in so i didn't know that i've wasted like half of my fucking day trying to get six fucking pills and they couldn't even tell me that let alone i know when you think about it like the six pills yeah my mom broke her back her foot and her clavicle right she's 83 she got rushed in so I was trying to keep my cool. She's like, oh, don't make a scene. Don't make a scene. I was like, no, no I'm not. I'm, I'm not. And uh, she was there seven hours. And three emergency room doctors came in. I was like, she's 83. I was like, if she has a heart attack, I'm taking your license with me. Like, wow. what do you mean? I was like, nope. She has a broken back. She just battled breast cancer. My mom works out six days a week, by the way, right? We look like twins. And... Well, not really, but I mean, she, you know, we, we just, we live the same lifestyle. And I She's certainly seven tough. Hours, She's certainly tough. Back. Yeah. No, no, no pain medication. Oh, I'll give her whatever she needs. 
I said, you're seven hours too late. I said, don't let the ball drop again with an elderly person. And um, my mom had to get rushed in three times. And the third time, I went on Twitter. <laughs> my friend, Twitter. And when I got there that time, they were lined up like soldiers. <laughs> and I said, Mom, don't say one word. My mom was in so much pain, she was vomiting. Wow. She's like, oh, cause they misdiagnosed. They didn't know it was a broken back. And um, I knew this emergency room doctor from the past and from advocating. And she's like, oh, my God, Miss Miranda, I'm so sorry. And I'm silent. And I said, we're back here for the third time. She has a broken back. I said, which one? Was it Larry Mower Curley that missed the broken back on a scan? How do you miss a broken back? Uh. And it turns out my mom can't take pain medication. because, And a lot of elderly, you know, don't do well with it. You know, if you're 75 or older, chances are you were never on pain medication or exposed to it. Actually, 79 or older. I don't want to get attacked for saying something wrong. But um, so it's not uncommon for people in their 80s to have never had pain medication and they just don't do well with it. And my mom's one of those people. So we managed her back, her broken back with Tylenol and even physical therapy. I made her practice waving to people. Um, you know, instead of going to physical therapy. But well, well, first think, of all, um, first of all, nobody's going to attack you because we'll fuck them up. That, we're not going to let that happen. We're not going to let that happen. We're not going to let that happen. I think she's stronger than us, though. Man. <laughs> I know. By the judges of it, you probably take us out. But no, we got your back. I have to be so, um, you know, before on my Facebook live feeds, a lot of people would tune in just to laugh, right? Because we would have fun, but. It had to, it became so politically correct. Right. I was like, fuck this shit, man. That's not how I roll. You tune in to see me. That's why people come to Don't Punish Pain Rally because you want to be sad and depressed. You can do that. But when you come onto a live feed, I'm going to take you in for an experience. Yeah. And you're going to laugh because if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. Yeah. It's got to be, it's got to be a positive push. It's got to be something that stays, you know, you got to lift each other up. So how do people find you if they need to find you? Do they go a Facebook, um, just type your name in Claudia Mirandi, or is it, uh, don't punish pain or. If you you type my name and you'll either see my haters or my lovers. I don't know. (laughs) No, people, you can either, um, you know, there's people, I don't go on Facebook. I say, well, you have to. Because we don't have money. So if you want to be a part of everything, you got to be on Facebook. Yeah. But there's people that follow me strictly through the website, but they miss out on so much. Right. And I would love to have, I would love to have it where you could just go to the website and learn everything. But that's, you don't, and that's not how it works, unfortunately. And when you organize protests of this magnitude, Facebook, unfortunately, is a big part of it. Right. Does it run smoothly all the time? Of course not. Right. The majority are women, and they'll kill each other. Or And then when you text, when you write things, you know, when you're typing things, everything gets taken out of context. Yes, it's very hard to be, yeah, yeah. It's very hard to convey your ideas sometimes if you're not, you know, verbally it's much easier, but you sometimes you get... Yeah, definitely. Right. What do, I know. Do, can they follow you? Facebook. Can they follow you on Facebook? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you go to Facebook, Don't Punish Pain Rally. And then from there, we send you over to your state page. 
because I created a page for each state because I thought, well, everybody can organize oh, that's cool. within their own state effectively. Yeah. Um, not a fan of those state pages because they turn into support groups. That's one thing I'm not. I'm not a support group. There's so many support groups and there's so many different chronic pain groups on Facebook. And to be quite honest, I found a lot of hatred on those pages. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I don't peruse social media other than um, the, the Don't Punish Pain page. Because people post a lot of crazy shit, right? Yes, they like, do. Oh, look at ugly pictures. Look, the day I post an ugly picture is the day I had a brain bleed. Because you're never going to see an ugly picture of me. I always go, hair, makeup, full. And um, I just see crazy things posted that I find very odd. But it's called unsocial media. It's not social media. It's unsocial media. Yeah, it's not really. It's it's not really. It's not really uh, the most social. You're not really interacting socially with people sometimes. Sometimes it's just snapshots or things that are, you know, people do to get attention um, so yeah. do you, uh, what's your Twitter, what, what's your Twitter handle and what's, uh, anything else so, that you want to share? We did have, we did have don't punish pain rally, but we've been hacked so many times and a lot of, uh, you know, a few of the haters, um, created their own don't punish pain rally. I was like, oh, fuck them. So people just follow me at C Mirandy one. Okay. That's it. Okay. You never know. And, never um, know. I'm. I didn't even know I had followers, to be honest with you, till recently. Do I was you, like, oh, do how, you, how do you figure that out? Do you have, um, uh, you have, you said you had a, a rally coming up on June 20, uh, what was the day of the, the rally so coming we up? Just protested. We just protested on a national level this past week. So if people Google don't punish pain rally, they'll see all the media. And then June 21st, I'm not the organizer of this, hell to the no, but Pain patients and doctors are protesting in Atlanta at the CDC in Georgia. And that's going to be a big and one. I have, it should be. You know, we hope. Um, and I interview doctors every Sunday night on uh, it's called DPP Rally Talk Show with Claudia, and that's on YouTube. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, listen, if you want to find me, you can find me. Just you know, Google you. And then just, yeah. and then your picture would pop up. You might be pleasantly surprised if you Google Claudia, she'll come up with one of her yeah. fitness photos and you'd be like, yeah, all right. No, or, the, or you'll see me holding a roll of toilet paper. That's from my first book, <laughs> The Other C Word, which isn't sold in bookstores because no one ever heard of the C Word before I put it in my book, by the way, just so you know. Um, yeah, and I tell people, hang in there. You know, I always end every live feed or. Every I tell everybody, I get my strength from your strength. So I urge people, you know, hang in there. I promise you, health is on the way. We are working day and night. If we had money, we would be able to accomplish so much more. I don't have mo- I don't raise money because I don't want to be censored. And that's why I've not opened a nonprofit. Um, will that change? Probably. Maybe. You know, we need money. You just but, have to do it. You got to do it like a bit, like a company does it. You know, they have these little shell yeah. companies that do all the dirt and then they, right. they maintain their image that they want. You know what I mean? Or, or the other way around. So, you know what? I got to be a good girl, um, especially with media. And I do, you know, when I, when I go to the state house with my representative, he's like, Claudia, you're going to be good. Right. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, no, 
swear to God, I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> so we, we, so um, good. oh no, no, we just wanted to, uh, get things wrapped up here and, and tell you that we wish you the best of luck on, thank on you. everything you got going on. You have a lot going on. You're very busy and we thank you for all that. And we'd love to have you on again as a guest. Yeah. Um, thank you thank you for having me on oh you're very you're very welcome um i learned a lot today and i'm sure our listeners learned a lot today and um that's that's pretty much it um if you all right dave thank you you're very welcome and we'll talk soon take care everybody have a great night take care bye now there you go claudia the feisty claudia Man, she's probably got a million stories of patients oh, that dude. been screwed over by the system, bro. That was a very educational thing. She like dedicates her whole life to it, man. I know. It's cool. hard to find people like that that are dedicated to doing good, you know? And I hope you guys enjoyed it. So good night.